Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash I don't work here, lady. It's been a while since we covered it, so I thought we'd dive back in there and get involved. If you are new here, please consider hitting the like, the subscribe, maybe that notification bell too, as it all massively helps out our channel. And let's get straight involved with today's stories. Much love, guys. Now, this first story comes from The Quarantinian. Lady is entitled to my assistance. Warning, blood. Hospital food isn't crunchy. For whatever reason, none of it has a good, satisfying crunch. The crunchiest thing they seem to have is raisin bran, and that just doesn't do the trick. And after a week of being held captive by tubes and wires, I was ready for food that was actually satisfying to chew. Finally discharged, I stopped off at Humongo Chain grocery store for my craving. Don't judge, but all I wanted was a bowl of corn checks and freezing ice-cold milk. Handbasket containing my crunchy treat, I was rifling through the milk section, looking for the coldest jug with the latest expiration date they had. Yes, at most you can get milk that is only two days fresher than the jugs at the front, but I just got out of hospital, so I was feeling really picky when she lit up my life in exactly the same way that a swarm of locusts blots out the sun. She was wearing some kind of dark, expensive-looking pants and a white, white, dazzling white, over borax silk blouse with draping folds that just screamed i have more money than you i was bending over head stuck in the cooler and i could hear her talking about how we were out of some sort of organic grass-fed free-range no hormone royal cows only that i've never seen a poor person milk <laughs> i think the stuff sells for around 12 dollars a gallon and big grocery store keeps all that stuff in their pretentious section where freezers are filled with 10 dollar microwave dinners six dollar designer chips and tiny cans of artisanal sprint water carbonated with merman farts <laughs> at any rate i'm not in that section I don't work there. I don't care about her, so I ignore her. Big mistake on her part. Suddenly, I have a snake hissing in my ear. The words, you won't look at me when I'm talking to you. And my wrist is grabbed and pulled. Now, I just had been released from a week at hospital where I was on, among other things, a heparin drip, blood thinner, constantly fed through an IV tube, which had just been taped to my wrist, exactly where she was now grabbing me. The tube had been taped down and while I ripped off the bandages before I left the hospital room, there was still some significant sticky tape gunk in that area. Whatever that stuff is, it usually takes three showers and a bottle of alcohol to get rid of all the sticky. What else might stick to the tape residue? How about bitch fingers? <laughs> she grabbed my wrist and yanked my arm up, but her fingers happened to stick to the skin a bit, resulting in two things. The sensation of her getting some pine sap on her skin and my skin being twisted far more than she expected. Not that she would have ever cared anyway. The twisting and pulling of the skin released a bit of blood from the IV site. Just a couple of drops, not really a big deal, but enough so that when she felt the sticky gunk on her fingers, she instinctively wiped her hand on her sleeve, leaving a small trail of blood on that field of spotless white. 
You know how some people pass out at the sight of blood? I mean, I don't, but she sure did. She dropped like her facade of friendliness in her triple whipped, ice spiced, happy, no fat soy mocha at Starbucks isn't served on a silver tray balanced on the back of a unicorn. And that's when the staff turned up. <laughs> Typical shouts of what happened. Call an ambulance followed with Milady regaining consciousness within a minute or so and starting to scream how I, the store employee, had thrown blood on her, clawing at her blouse and going into absolute hysterics. Store security had arrived and was glaring at me menacingly, demanding to know what had happened. Fortunately, I had an ace just a few inches up my sleeve. An ace which I played, as I said, this lady grabbed me and it really hurt. Thing about heparin is that it is the only drug that can go into that specific IV site. I needed many other IVs in the hospital, so I had another IV site just a few inches up my arm where they had been injecting all kinds of other things, and that site looked ugly. A bruise the size of a silver dollar, brown and yellow and green, as if a parrot had binged on tricks and Lucky Charms and threw up in a ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. Previously hidden under my sleeve, I made sure it wasn't hidden now and displayed that bruise of honor like a middle-aged man displays a trophy yoga instructor in his convertible. She grabbed my arm because I wasn't paying attention to her and yanked. She left this bruise and it really hurts. That coupled with a hospital armband I hadn't yet cut from my wrist seemed to be all that I needed to turn the tide of opinion to my favor. I gave a statement to the police who had eventually arrived, told them I wanted to press charges, got my milk and headed for the door. A few days later, I received a call from a detective or a prosecutor or somebody and they told me that they had come to a plea agreement of some kind fairly quickly and if I wanted to write out a victim impact statement to have it within a week, I told them as long as something went onto a record, I was fine. The crunch was indeed satisfying. <laughs> and we'll start straight away with Chris M saying, Served her right. I never understand why people think it's okay to grab workers or random people. Come on, people. We learned this in elementary school. Keep your damn hands to yourself. Sheesh. And ZEDC says, What loon assumes someone is primed and ready to respond by randomly throwing blood instead of thinking that they hurt someone? Being able to play the false victim, that easily usually requires practice. And we'll have one more from Bab saying, I feel you, OP. In May, I was in the ICU for two days dealing with my second round of pulmonary embolism. And while I didn't leave the hospital with a hairpin drip, I sure as hell had it while I was admitted. Gotta love that hairpin needs its own drip line. Can't share with anyone else. So I had a second IV line for everything else. And then an arteral line was added for a procedure that to remove clots with a wire fed up from my femoral artery, since it's the easiest thing to get to and snaked all the way up. I was awake for this. They gave me happy juice in the arterial line and a local down below, but I felt the wire as it crawled up inside my body. Didn't hurt, but oh my god, felt so weird. The bruises when I got out were, wow. I was on narcotic painkillers for like two weeks. If anyone had grabbed me during this time, I think I would have punched them in the soul. <laughs> oh man. And we have a short one from Sobriety Kinda Sucks called, He Doesn't Work Here. So I'm working at the shitty liquor store a few years back. It's a busy Thursday. Boss says a couple of new guys are starting today. Figure whatever, I head to the stock room and start filling holes in the shelves. There's a young man back there. Introduce myself. He says his name is Brandon. Ask me where the seven ounce Corona bottles are. I tell him they're in the back of the walk-in and if he's heading that way to grab a case of steel reserve tour boys and drop them off by the cooler. I'll stock them shortly. He grabs the case, I thank him, and he leaves. I put my shit away, grab a few items, hit the shelves and start stocking the cans. He dropped off in the cooler. 
The guy exits the walk-in with a case of Coronitas on his shoulder like a boss. He nods and I finish knocking out the cooler and head out to the front counter. The guy's in line with a couple of bottles. Wild, we typically purchase cigarettes or soda or Red Bull on the clock. This legend is picking up Jack Daniels and Bacardi. He hits the counter. I ask if he's on the clock. He said no. Then it clicks. This guy isn't a co-worker. Asked him why he grabbed the Corona. He said some old lady asked him and we were all busy. I thanked him for getting the case and hooked up with some beer nuts and didn't charge him for his two liters of Coke. Brandon, I hope you're doing all right. <laughs> That's a very wholesome one. I like that. And this story comes from Mr. Pepper. I was fired for the second time after quitting years ago. Long story short, in 2014, I was working at a pizza chain in rural Utah farming town. I won't say which one, but they're a national chain for being greasy, greasy. At the beginning of July, I gave a two-week notice to my manager that I'd be leaving to move out of state to be closer to family and a better job market. I finished out my time as promised, moved, found a new, better gig, and that was that. Of course, you read the title, so you know that wasn't really all. In summer 2015, I received a call from a new store manager. He informed me that he'd been putting me on schedule and it was unacceptable that I wasn't even coming in to look. If I didn't show up today, he would have no choice but to fire me. I asked, did the old manager not take me out of the system after I quit last year? He grumbled and made some snarky complaint that if I had quit a year ago, I wouldn't be in his scheduling program. I let him know that I live in a completely different state and work in a completely different job and would not be showing up for any shift he scheduled me for. He threatened to fire me again and I reiterated, hey, I don't actually work for you, so do what you gotta do. He hung up and that was the last I heard of it. Until we fast forward to yesterday. I received a letter from the corporate office informing me that, per their records, I haven't shown up to work since July 2014 and, unfortunately, they were going to have to terminate me. I still almost can't stop laughing, especially since, you know, they sent me a letter to the address I gave them when I quit. Wow. <laughs> this next story is from Trees Break Knees. They certainly do. Why I hate uniform changes. Park Ranger in a hardware store. In Australia, we have a very popular hardware chain that uses red and green as its corporate colors. Most things associated with the warehouse stores are green, but the staff have red shirts with a green apron. I've spent the last few years happily employed as a park ranger. Uniform is a big hat, green jacket with badges, work pants, belt with lots of doodads on it. <laughs> doodads. Over the years, I spent a lot of time in the hardware store picking up things to fix busted park stuff. And at least once a visit, I would hear the, excuse me, where is this? Most of the time, I know the answer as I spend a lot of time there. Once, I just about ran a class on how to change a tap washer to a group of old blokes. Most of the interactions were fun and my natural resting bitch face handled the grumpy ones. Cut to recently, all rangers now have a uniform. It sucks, no more green or khaki. Now it's a bluish gray with a turquoise shirt. Has the same badges, but the design consultant added a massive parks emblem on the back for reasons. Now it's not, hey, where are the left-handed screwdrivers? It's all Karens coming, walking up and asking if I am security. And that kid in aisle three is too small and noisy. Highlight from COVID lockdowns. K stands for the usual. K says, ah, excuse me, as she walks up from behind me. I say, hi. K replies, you know, it's really not necessary for you to be here. I say, sorry. K, dagger look. It's bad enough that there is one of you on the door Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Making people put on masks, let alone stalking aisles as well. We fucking get it. Me, activating 6am early start powered resting bitch face. Parks, pointing to the badge. Not interested in you, just getting quick set. Pointing to my trolley and keeping on walking. Ugh, I miss green. (laughs) I love your response though, it's just, you know, I'm just not interested in you. (laughs) It's just the best come down ever, isn't it? Nothing else, you're not escalating it, just, I don't care about you. Get on with your life. Love it. This next one is from Nerd Without a Cause. I literally can't transfer you, mom. A very minor story, but it fits here. This happened back when I was a grad student. Halfway through my PhD, our lab moved from a crappy basement to a beautiful brand new building. My research required a large specialized piece of equipment that only I used, and so it was granted its own little room. I spent a lot of time alone in there, struggling to collect data. We joked that this room was my private lab. Everyone in this building had a landline, and when they were assigning numbers, it seemed they were used defunct numbers from other offices on campus because we got a lot of wrong numbers in the first year. Usually we could just tell them that they had the wrong number and that they should Google the campus directory for the new number, and it was fine. My private lab was particularly bad because apparently that number used to belong to the financial aid office, so I get a lot of calls from fairly anxious students and parents. Mostly were pretty reasonable, but one stuck with me. The woman said, Hello, I need to discuss my daughter's aid. Why isn't she receiving the amount she was promised? I responded, I'm sorry, ma'am, this isn't the financial aid office. They changed their number. I was told this is the number to call. Again, I said, they must have given you an out-of-date number. This is a biology lab. To which she responded, isn't there anyone there that can help me? Me looking around the tiny room containing just me and a giant spectrophotometer. I don't know if that's pronounced right, but I wouldn't want to be saying that every day. No. Woman is impatient now. Well, then can you transfer me to the correct department? I said, uh, no, mom. I'm a student. I don't know what the correct department number is. Can't you look it up? Mom, even if I could, phone I'm talking on has no capability to transfer calls. There is no transfer button. She then says, can I speak to your supervisor? I think I actually laughed at this point. Mom, I'm not employed by the university. I am a student. You need to go online and look up the number yourself. Good luck. And then I hung up. She tried to call twice more, or at least I assume it was her, because I didn't answer. The second time it rang for a while, so I took the phone off the hook and went to lunch. After that, I got into the habit of taking the phone off the hook anytime I started working in there because no one who mattered ever called on that line. That's it. No big comeuppance or dramatic showdown. Just a cranky lady assuming that I had full access to the university phone system. Thanks for reading. And there's one comment that I want to read out from Green Egg Page then. Aha! I found you. Now answer the phone and tell me why my daughter still isn't receiving her financial aid. And quit slacking or I'll have you fired. <laughs> and Philly Unhipstered says, Some say, she's still calling. <laughs> and our next story is from Mike Oxenfair. 
A tactical Karening. The Karen gets Karened. <laughs> I was witness to possibly the most hilarious Karen interaction I've, I've ever seen. In this, I was just an onlooker and didn't play a part at all. There are three players in this dialogue, K, the Karen, UC, the nicely dressed but unfortunate customer who Karen decided worked there, and HC, the hilarious customer who, well, it'll all become clear. Saturday, yesterday in fact, I went to pick up some groceries at Asda, British company owned by Walmart. Edit until February, but less trashy. As I'm shopping with my trolley, I hear the harumph of an approaching Karen behind me, but to my surprise, she walks straight past me to UC, demanding this, that, and the other, to which UC responds with, sorry, but I don't work here. As Karen starts accusing him of lying, etc., I figure that I'll stick around and see what happens. It might be funny, but if she assaults the guy or accuses him of something, I'll be a witness. As I'm listening to UC reiterate that he doesn't work for Asda and Karen repeatedly accuse him of lying, another customer, HC, comes past and addresses the Karen in a big booming voice. Finally, a manager, he booms at her. Someone just accused me of not helping her when I'm a customer here. Now, what are you going to do about it? Oh, the irony. Karen turns to HC and says, what? I'm not a manager. What are you but gets cut off mid-sentence by HC. Of course you're a manager. I've seen you talking to customers. Now you're going to help me. Karen tries to explain that she was talking to UC, who she says works there. But in the confusion, UC had wisely ducked out, leaving Karen saying, I was talking to, as she gestures at the empty space. Suddenly, she is alone. HC says, well, hanging around speaking to staff isn't very professional, is it? You should be doing your job helping customers, starting with me. Karen then just screams, I don't fucking work here, fuck off, and walks off, clearly upset, abandoning her shopping trolley. That's a shopping cart to those who live in the States. In the process. UC, who's been waiting on the next aisle, walks back at this point and says, ah, she's gone. Yeah, well, says HD, that got rid of her. Smiles vaguely and just continues shopping like nothing had happened. HC, whoever you are, you're a fucking legend. <laughs> And let's finish this off with a bit of waffle time, shall we? With my own encounter. This is when I was, I just finished at the market research company and I went self-employed doing some market research stuff for myself. I was basically doing support for market research companies. So doing the sourcing of products and de-branding and, and various different little things like that, that, you know, these big companies didn't have the facilities to do. So I done it myself and, you know, it was good times at that, at that moment. And this particular company got in contact with me and they wanted to do a, a project on various different shampoos, very expensive shampoos. Um, and basically it was an eye tracking test. So you, they get people to go to this fake setup store with all shopping shelves and stuff like that. And then they have shampoos on these aisles and they have cameras on the shelves and they watch your eyes, basically what, what products you're looking at, what different levels and stuff like that. And they move it around and then you go down the aisles again and then they see what you're looking at just to see if like different levels on shelves make different things, different colors on the packaging, what's basically jumping out at your eyes, what's making you look at these things. So my part of the project was basically was getting these shampoos because obviously you can't approach competitors to the product that they're testing because the client of this project will want to put their product on the shelf and they want to put it um, it's to be a new product you can't find it out on the shelves at the moment and they put it among all the ones that's already on the shelves to see if theirs stands out and you're looking at that particular product so i have to go out and i have to find all these different shampoos on the shelves so we can set up our own fake store and so I have to go all through different supermarkets or local, sometimes quite far out because you can't always find some of these specialized shampoos on normal shelves. 
I have a list, I think it was about 600 different types of shampoos long. You wouldn't believe how many shampoos, well, you probably would actually, how many shampoos and conditioners there are. There was absolutely tons of them. I say I had to get a list of 600 and I swear that was just half that was there. And of these shampoos, I have to buy like five or six because it has to look exactly like a normal shop. So they're like five or six deep on the shelves. So I was out at the shop. Sometimes you have to be a little bit covert with this sort of stuff. Some shopping managers don't like you going out and just buying all their stock. Strange, I know, but they like to share it out. And I can understand on some products, you know, like baby food and stuff like that. Um, they don't want you to buy too much of that because, you know, baby's got to be fed too, right? But, <laughs> but I was just buying shampoo. So I was trying to be a little bit covert with it and not buy too much um, at a time and go to a different store, then buy some more. So I was looking at the shelf, I had my little list with me, ticking off what I was getting in my trolley. I already had a trolley that was literally, that was half full with products, already getting strange looks from people. When I get a woman tapping me on the back, and I turn around and say, hi, oh, you're right. And I, just nice, I wasn't rude or anything like that. And she turns around to me and she says, you've got no cat food. And I'm like, okay. And I said, I, I don't actually work here, but the customer service center is just at the end of this aisle if you want to go and have a look at it, which it was. Um, and she said, no, I want you to go out back and see if you've got any out there. And I was like, I do not work here. And it, you could see it wasn't sinking in. I was just looking at a vacant face staring back at me. I, I repeated again, I do not work here. And I turned around to carry on what I'm doing. And then she was going, ha, huh, some people. And then I saw her walking down to the customer aisle and I, was, I carried on with my stuff because, you know, it, it, this happened fairly often to me. When you've got like a, a sheet out and you're ticking stuff and filling up a, a trolley with this, with all the same sort of stuff, you get a lot of people talking to you and all that kind of thing, asking you what you're doing, asking questions about the store. Yeah, but I don't work there. But I could see the woman at the end of this aisle, like her head keep popping around the corner and pointing down there at me, which did draw some more attention to me. And a manager did finally come up to me in the end and say, can I ask you what you're doing? Thought that I was just like emptying shelves into this trolley. And I said, look, and I was honest with this guy. I said, look, well, we're just buying loads of shampoos because we're doing some market research, basically. And he sort of looked at me confused. I don't think he really gave two, two shiny shits about what I was doing. And he just let me get it anyway, which was fantastic. But I've had different ones like... We had a, a project where I was had to buy like loads of Baileys, you know, the uh, cream liqueur stuff. And they didn't let me buy more than three bottles and I needed 500. It was a painful one. It was a painful one, let me tell you. But you guys know, I got a load of stories on that one as well. I'll tell you another time. I'll tell you some more another time, all right? But once again, we come towards the end of the video. What are your thoughts on today's stories? Do you have your own I don't work here lady story? Let me know in the comments below. Once again, guys, thank you for being here today. I hope you did enjoy today's stories. And if you did, you know what to do. Hit that like, that subscribe, maybe that notification bell too, as it all massively helps out our channel. It truly, truly does. And if you would like to support this channel further, you can, but absolutely never any pressure to do so by clicking that join button below for YouTube or clicking the link in the description for Patreon and joining up there. Thank you so much for your love, support and time. And I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Raised on its edges, my pop work is life when it's complex. I found love in its center. If I could live here forever, think it'd be for the better. I love the weather, even though it's fog 24-7. I love the people. This is city. I met all my best friends, and I wanna thank every brick. I wanna thank every entrance to every building that I step in, in this city. 
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.